You know, as we, as I try to get started, I I don't know if I can, um, love, his love. If we don't understand how powerful his love is, if we don't know how complete his love is, if we don't know how thorough his love is, it's hard for us to operate in life. You know, this series is called Complete Forgiveness. Well, forgiveness is part of the package that comes inside of his love. His love for us is so great that in that package comes forgiveness, reconciliation, redemption. You know, all of those things are part of that package, but that package is spawned or birthed by love. So to know that you are loved... Now, the world will sometimes confuse us, man, because the world's love is quite shallow, quite empty, and it will sometimes confuse us. But God's love is total. It's complete. So I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to know that I have somebody that loves me, even when I'm unlovable, <laughs> even when I don't know what I'm doing or why I am doing it. He still loves me. Praise the Lord. So complete forgiveness, complete forgiveness. Again, one of the most powerful things about this particular series is God has the ability to forgive the offender as well as the offense. He forgives both of those. And again, for us to understand this, when we tie it with the verse that says that we all fall short of the glory of God, then we realize that in that all is us. It didn't say that some people fell shorter than others. It says that we all fall short of the glory of God. Well, then if we all fall short, then we all need forgiveness. Everybody get that today? Now, what usually happens to us, we as Christians have been really good at giving a quantitative measure to sins. You know, the the little sins, the big sins, the bigger sins. We have done that. And Jesus, again, when he's dying on the cross... Doesn't say, well, in these first three hours, I'm dying for the little sins. The next three hours, I'll be dying for the bigger sins. And the last couple hours, just before I give up the spirit, I'm dying for the big sins. No, he just died for sin. He just died for sin. And to understand that means that if he died for sin, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Then that forgiveness is available to everybody Because everybody needed forgiveness. Does everybody get that? So when it comes to this particular thing, the first thing you want to do is make sure that you receive forgiveness for you. Because you can't give away something you don't have. You can't. You just can't. So the first thing you have to realize is you need forgiveness. Then once you know you need forgiveness, then it becomes easier for you to be able to forgive others. We used the verse last week about they asked Jesus, how many times should I give my brother? Seven times? And Jesus says, 70, 70 times seven. Well, he wasn't counting like 490. What he was saying is you're going to have to continue to forgive your brother because you continue to extend stuff that you need forgiveness for. Does everybody get that? So it's important for us to understand complete forgiveness begins at home first. Forgive yourself. Receive that forgiveness. Well, you don't know what I've done. God does. And that's why he sent Jesus. 
Because he knew there was no other way for us to receive this peace. No other way for us to receive this reconciliation but through the blood of Jesus. So he knows what we've done. And Jesus knew when Jesus came. He gave his life for us. So we would be able to receive this forgiveness. Then once you receive it for you, then it's easier for you to forgive others because you can then begin to actually for real measure the stuff you've done compared to the stuff that has been done to you or, you know, stuff that other people have tried to do to you. Are you all with me this morning? So complete forgiveness. Today, we wanted to kind of bring it all together and understand that once we understand forgiveness, it becomes a door to a new life. Now, last week, we talked about the trap of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness. Unforgiveness leads to remorse, regret, revenge. And all of those things trap you. They are actual traps. See, in our minds, we think revenge is something we do to somebody else. We don't understand that revenge actually consumes us first. And it eats us alive and we get wasted. We give our lives away trying to destroy somebody else thinking that my peace is going to come through their destruction. There is no peace through their destruction because they have went to God probably themselves and God has forgiven them. They now have peace because they went to God. You think your peace is going to come through their destruction. You end up trapped. Does everybody get that? So when it talks about complete forgiveness, it says it is a door to a new life, a door to a new life. So once you're able to forgive yourself, once you're able to receive this forgiveness and then be able to extend it, I'm telling you, you don't have to take that person out to dinner. You don't have to take, you know, you don't have to do that, but you do have to forgive them because it benefits you. It really does. It benefits you because it takes that overwhelming weight off of your shoulders praise the lord let's have some fun forgiveness is a door to a new life we're going to go to second corinthians chapter five and we're going to begin to read there there's this one is in the amplified translation so tomoka are you ready tuesday church you ready you got your pencils and pads out ready to take some notes ready to have some fun i know i am i want to again thank darlene for such wonderful singing today that was powerful but i also want to take a moment and let you know that uh my daughter here today, <laughs> she had, uh, her and her friend came down to visit. And, um, so she came out, you know, to see her father preach. I had to pay her. No, I, that's only a joke. I didn't have to pay her. She, she came on, she came on her own accord, but I just wanted you to know that she was here today. You can't see her, but trust me, she's here and it blesses my heart, blesses my heart. But here we are. Second Corinthians chapter five, be going, begin to read at verse number 13. And the Amplified. And it says, if we are out of our mind, just unstable fanatics, as some critics say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. For the love of Christ controls and compels us. Always a powerful statement. The love of Christ. If you know that he loves you, again, part of that package is forgiveness. Part of that package is a redemption. Part of that package of all of those things. So it says, for the love of Christ controls and compels us. So knowing that you are love moves you. At least it should move you. 
It should cause you to operate. Now, if you think you deserve to be loved, then that's a whole different story. That doesn't work because we don't deserve that. The verse says that we all fall short of the glory of God. But let me read on. It says, for the love of Christ controls and compels us because we have concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that all those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. So if you're living, not just breathing, but living, then you're living for Christ because he came and died for you. And now he lives eternally because he was raised from the dead and all that happened for you. So again, exciting. It says that he died for all so that all those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. So you dying to the old you, you dying to the unforgiving you, you dying to your ability to forgive others. If you die to those things, you now take on a new life. You take on this ability to live a a fresher life. Can you imagine having a, a big weight on your back? Because of this unforgiveness or not able to forgive yourself because you've done some things that you know are horrible and bad and nasty. And and you don't know how to forgive yourself, but God does. And you get it. You conclude. You come to this conclusion that he paid for that and he freed you from it. Now you can live. Oh, I hope you all understand me today. You can actually live now because, again, you don't have to keep a record of your wrongs because he doesn't keep a record of your wrongs. You don't have to keep a record of your sins because he doesn't keep a record of your sins. He gives you the opportunity to live brand new. Let's keep reading. It says, so from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view. According to worldly standards and values. Again, in the world, once you make a mistake... They remember that. I remember Daryl Strawberry uh, played for the New York Yankees. Daryl Strawberry, an incredible baseball player. And Daryl Strawberry had a problem with cocaine at one time in his life and caused his career to collapse on him. That happened multiple, multiple years ago. Since that time, Daryl Strawberry has opened up more homes for young kids to come and recover at. To come and get lives renewed. Daryl Strawberry is a strong, strong, strong Christian brother. And has done so much for thousands upon thousands of young people changing their lives. A newscaster just the other day talked about Daryl Strawberry. And the first thing out of his mouth after he said the man's name was, you know, he was a cocaine addict. And I remember just how... The world standard identifies you that way. Oh, I hope you all go with me today. The world will identify you that way. God doesn't because God says your sins and your lawless acts, I will remember no more. How does he identify you? You're his child. You are a child of God. But the world will continue to try to name you or identify you as Whatever sin that was that they recorded in their minds. Here's the funny part. The person that recorded that sin for him, his sin, he thinks, has not been recorded. God knows it. (laughs) 
Are, are you understanding me? The world might not know, but God does because we all fall short of the glory of God. Is this making sense today? Okay, listen closely. It says, so from now on, we'll regard no one from a human point of view according to worldly standards and values. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. You know, he Beelzebub, he's, he's all of those things. It says, though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone, if you, if me, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as savior, he is a new creature. So is he your savior? Savior's save <laughs> when somebody is saved they're no longer in, in, in danger of dying they're no longer in danger of death so he's my savior now once i really understand that what does he save me from he saves me from my unforgiveness of myself i don't know if y'all understand the weight of guilt the weight of condemnation especially when you do it to yourself and then you carry this thing and there's no actual avenue for relief. Except for knowing that you have a savior. So then you have to transfer all of that angst, all of that worry, all of that stuff to him. He says, cast your care on me for I care for you. So you have to transfer that stuff. You have to give it away. But see, the world kind of sticks with you when they want you to believe that you deserve to be called that or deserve to carry that or you deserve. Listen to me. If we deserved it, then we are calling Jesus's death a non-factor. Because if we still deserve something, what did he die for? He died so we could be new. Are y'all here today? So. Hopefully you're having fun and hopefully this is helping you so far. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as savior, he is a new creature. Reborn. I love it. Love it. Love it. Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. Born again. Born again. Now, what gets born again? Of course, your physical body doesn't. Now, one day it'll get born, it'll get transferred into something different. But your mind, your soul, your, your emotions, your imagination, all of that stuff that really makes you operate, your will, your emotions, your mind, that gets reborn. That means the same gunk that clogged its proficiency then no longer has the ability to do that. Romans 12 said that you will be transformed. Formed by the renewing of your mind. When you understand the Savior saved you from your old mind. He saved you from your old way of thinking and now allows you to move into a new way of thinking. I'm born again. Now, if I'm born again, the person that existed before this new birth is now dead. Dead. <laughs> dead. I told you before, you can go down to the cemetery and try to have an argument with dead people. Ain't nobody going to get up and talk back to you. You can go there and call them all kinds of names. They're not going to get up to defend themselves because they are dead. 
That's how we have to be. You have to be dead to the old you because you have been forgiven. You have been saved. Let's move on. Come on. I want to make sure I get through this. It says the old things. Yeah, the old things. Listen, the previous moral and spiritual condition. See, this stuff makes me want to dance, man. And this is the Bible, man. This, your old moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. So, so my old moral condition. <laughs> the way I used to live before. Gone. There becomes this spiritual awakening. I understand what it costs for my forgiveness. But I still take advantage of the fact that I am forgiven. And I make up my mind because God has placed me here. I'm not going back over there. Because he's given me this new life. I got a new moral standard. I got new morality. Doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. It means I'm going to be better. But I don't connect myself to the past. And here's the part that's hard. Letting go of the past. Paul says, gives this wonderful concept of he was the Jew of Jews. Hebrew of Hebrews. Went to the best schools, I'm paraphrasing. Went to all of the best circumstances and situations. He was the best of the best. Nobody could touch him when it came to that stuff. But Paul says, I count it all dung for the glory of knowing Christ. So how about you? Are you counting your old life dung? Or do you smell a stench still following you? Let it go because it's paid for. It's not yours anymore. You're a brand new creation. Let it go. Well, you don't know what happened to me. I know what happened to me. I know what I did. I know what happened to me. I know all of those things. There's no escape but counting it dung and accepting this new spiritual awakening that comes because of Christ's death and resurrection for us. New living. Here we go. Keep reading. It says, but all these things are from who? God, who did what? Reconciled us to himself through Christ. I love this. Making us acceptable to him. We are acceptable to God. Hello? You are acceptable to God. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done for you. Hear me. You are acceptable to God. (laughs) You are acceptable to God. Become acceptable to yourself. Thank God for what he has done. Accept the new you. Accept it and move forward. Don't listen to me. Don't drag that weight with you. Accept the new you because you're already acceptable to God. But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So that by our example, so that by our example, we might bring others to him. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. 
And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That is restoration, being restored to favor with God. So we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making his appeal through us. We as Christ's representatives plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made Christ who knew no sin to judiciously be sin on our behalf. So that in him we would become the righteousness of God. That is we would be made acceptable to him. And placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious, loving kindness. Forgiveness is a door to new life. A life that's been paid for. Think about God, the creator of everything. Loves me. God, the creator of everything loves me. He said that he knew the hairs on my head. But he made sure that I would be comfortable with this newness that comes through Christ because he told me that my sins and lawless acts he would remember no more. It says here, not counting people's sins against them. He needs me to understand That my past is over, that this new life has come. I am to live this new life. I am to enjoy living this new life. I have a new moral direction. I have a new spiritual understanding. I've become this new person. I'm here to tell you something today. Listen closely. If you don't take advantage of this, then your only other option is to keep reliving your past, trying to remake it into something. And that will never work. It will never work. Coulda, woulda, shouldas are like putting a noose around your neck and hanging yourself. Let all of that go, become brand new. Is this helping today? Got another verse. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 18. This is going to be in the Passion Translation. Excuse me, a little different than the Amplified. He, Jesus, is the head of the body, which is the what? Church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. He's the firstborn heir. Listen closely. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness Dwelling in Christ. So God said, I'm going to put everything that I am in Jesus. And then I'm going to send Jesus into the world to save you. Now, I don't know about you. If that ain't a definition of love, I don't know what definition it is. That God put all of himself in Jesus, then sent Jesus here to die for me and you. Did we deserve that? By no stretch of the imagination. But it happened. It says, and by the blood of his cross... Everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself. Everything. So Jesus came back to restore, to redeem, to bring back to God everything he originally created in the Garden of Eden, including us. 
Welcome back to Eden, brothers and sisters. (laughs) But everything. And Jesus completed that task. Now hear me. That means my old life, I have been restored. I am a new creature. So my old life is gone. I have this new life that returns me to this intimate, beautiful relationship with God. I don't have to hide. The word of God tells me now I can come boldly into the throne room of God. Why? Because everything that would keep me from going boldly has been taken care of by the blood of Jesus. And he has released me to understand that now I can come and stand before him as his child, as a co-heir with Christ. Not thinking more highly of myself than I ought, but giving thanks to a Jesus who died for me when I couldn't do this on my own. So this forgiveness, when I understand it, becomes a door to a new life for me. Let me keep reading. Uh, Hopefully y'all are having fun because I know I am right now. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence Again, come on, y'all. Come on now. Restored to what? Innocence again. No matter what you did or no matter what happened to you, there is no longer any filth that follows you or stains that stay on you because the blood of Christ has washed them all clean and nothing can stand up to the blood of Jesus. So you've been returned to innocence. Returned to innocence. Can you imagine what that feels? Oh, man, I'm in it. Whoa. But let me go on here. It says, even though, listen closely, even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. Let me give you the Greek definition of the word nothing. Ready? No thing. <laughs> no thing. So listen closely. It says, and now there is no thing. No thing between you and Father God. I need you to grasp that today. For he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. Run through that door, please. Because there's new life on the other side of this door. Run through that door. Well, I don't deserve it. You're right. None of us do. But God loved us that much that he provided this for us. Innocent, flawless, restored, cleansed. New spiritual awakening, new moral direction. All of those things now belong to you. Well, what if I make a mistake? Your sins and lawless acts, he will remember no more. Listen, you'll never be sinless, but the more you grow, you will sin less. So keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. And again, this is important for us because when it comes to Having the ministry of reconciliation. Ministry grows out of your personal experience with God. You cannot learn ministry from a book. 
You cannot learn ministry from going to a class and somebody teaching you this. Ministry is actually an outgrowth of a personal experience you have had with God. So have you had the personal experience of being reconciled? Because if you have, then you can do the ministry of reconciliation. You can go tell somebody who's caught in the worst case of sin, the worst case of guilt, the worst case of anger, the worst case of rejection, the worst case of regret, remorse. And you can speak to that person and tell them, I know the way out for you. Because you've been there. And you can tell them about a Jesus. But hear me, I need you to get this. Please understand me. You don't have to make your experience the number one topic. You make your release the number one topic. You tell them how you got released. Tell them about Jesus and the price he paid for you and paid for them. So your ministry of reconciliation goes forward because you are now Christ's ambassador. Hear me, you're not your ambassador Ain't no need in trying to convince people how, how much you had to overcome. I had to walk up the rough side of the mountain. Well, as the wise lady said, if the mountain was rough, you wouldn't have anything to hold on to because you can't climb a smooth mountain. <laughs> so the reality is you're not here to tell somebody about what you've been through. You're here to tell, you, tell them how you got through so they can get through. See, because if you tell them what you've been through, then people begin to match stories. I remember having a friend of mine in the military and, and we jump out of an airplane and say, hey man, we jumped out, parachute at 10,000 feet. You couldn't outdo him. You know, I jumped out of the parach- out of the airplane at 20,000 feet without a parachute. Because <laughs> you couldn't outdo But if you want to regurgitate those old things, people will try to outdo themselves to prove how much more they've come over as though God loves them a little bit more than you. That's not the deal. Tell them about who brought you through. Is this making sense to you today? I'm almost done here. We're going to go through Hebrews real quick. And uh, starting in chapter 10, verse 17. Again, the Passion Translation. And then he says, I will not ever again, I will not ever again remember their sins and lawless deeds. I will not ever again Remember their sins and lawless deeds. So if he don't remember them, what in the world are you outlining them for? Remember back in school days, you used to get a sentence. You had to break it down into a subject, verb, and, and, and you, we got it all outlined. What are we doing that for? Forgive yourself and keep moving. But let me go on. So if our sins have been forgiven and forgotten... Why would we ever need to offer another sacrifice for sin? And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and without hesitation. For he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. 
For just as the eve, excuse me, just as the veil was torn into, Jesus's body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. And since we now have a magnificent high priest who welcomed us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced, fully convinced that nothing, fully convinced. Here's the part I know. We act on fully convinced all the time. Some of you are going to go shopping today. Because you're fully convinced you can drive your car. You don't question it. You don't waver on it. You'll just pick up the key, go get in the car. Second, you're fully convinced your car won't start because you got a key. You're fully convinced. We're fully convinced about a whole bunch of things. God is asking us to be fully convinced that his plan is fail proof. That it has worked for us perfectly. And that you can receive it and then operate in it, live in it, become new, walk through this new door and live a new life. Almost there. We come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing. Again, the Greek word is no thing. Fully convinced that no thing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove mm, impurity. And we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained and presentable to God inside and out. (laughs) One more verse and I'm done for today. Philippians chapter three. Same translation, the Passion Translation. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing. But I run, not walk, not crawl. I'm running. But I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. Your past has been paid for. Your future has been open. It is clear, unstained, unquenchable, undefeated. Nothing can stop it when God is for you. Who can be against you? But I'm here to tell you, sometimes we can be against ourselves because we make ourselves guilty. But I need you to remember from this day forward, when guilt comes, remember guilt has to do with the past. And once you get that, you go, I'm not Passover. I'm a brand new creation. Guilt is tied to the past. I'm going to tell you one more thing. Bitterness tied to the past. When it comes on you, you just tell God, you know what? I got a new life. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation in you, Lord. 
So I know what I'm feeling right now, Lord. You told me you cleanse my conscience. Conscience, be clean. You're supposed to serve me, conscience, going forward. Not going backwards. Are y'all hearing me today? So why is this important? See, we Christians are the salt of the earth. We are to offer to society a new way of thinking, being, and acting. But if we're not thinking and being and acting these particular things for real, what are we offering them? We're offering them a movie image of what Christianity is. A made up in the room written kind of thing instead of something that is real intimate and full of life. We are to have this intimate relationship with Christ. You've either going to be clean or you'll read about being clean. You're either going to be free or you'll read about freedom. I need you to be free today because people need to know what this freedom is. So we're going to pray here in a second, but I need you to get some. There was a price paid for all of this to happen for us. And I remember vividly being overworked one day at a place and we were cleaning up some stuff at a church and man, they brought in some more stuff, brought in a couple more big trays of dirty, you know, had food in them. And I'm at the sink and I'm cleaning these things and I turn around and I see that big old stack of these dirty trays and I say, Jesus Christ. And somebody leaped on me quickly and said, how dare you take Jesus name in vain? And it dawned on me. It stuck in my craw that night. One, who am I supposed to call on when I'm overwhelmed? Second, taking his name in vain means if I'm still paying for my sins in my head, I'm taking his name in vain. If I'm still carrying guilt and remorse and anger and revenge and bitterness, I am taking his name in vain because he died to free me from those things. You're not going to be perfect at it. Paul said, I'm pursuing I'm pressing toward the mark is another translation. I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm moving forward to what he is calling me to. But as long as I'm moving forward, I'm getting better. So today's a new day, a new beginning, a new opportunity. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today in the mighty name of Jesus. That you have washed us clean. My past is over. It's paid for by the blood of Jesus. My sins and lawless acts you will remember no more. And where these are forgiven, there's no longer any other sacrifice for sin. I don't have to try to make myself look pretty to you. But because of the blood of Jesus, you already see me pretty. You have dressed me in new clothes. You have given me a new wardrobe to wear. You have dressed me in righteousness. You have dressed me in loving kindness. You have dressed me in compassion. You have dressed me in mercy. These are my new clothes that I wear. So, Father, we thank you now for each person hearing this. Change your wardrobe right now. Get rid of your sin clothing. Get rid of your sin mindset. 
and put on your new grace clothing. That undeserved kindness. That undeserved favor. Put on your new clothes. And let us go forward. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. And let's go. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Brothers and sisters, I pray God this particular series has been a blessing to you. Um, you know, I'm supposed to start a new series next week, but I'm not quite sure if I don't need to come back to this one. But we'll see. But if I do, I'm just looking forward to being here next week. I'm looking forward for you being here next week. More important than anything, I'm looking forward that you take this week and accept the fact that you are brand new. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord.